You're listening to the UBC Medicine Learning Network. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Metamorphosis, a podcast designed to help medical students navigate their medical careers. Today, we've got a special episode specifically for the class of 2024. We've collected a panel of second years for a pre-CBL CBL session. So our patient today is an individual between the ages of 18 and 60. Their chief complaint is nervousness, apprehension, and imposter syndrome. And their HPI has revealed that all of these symptoms began upon acceptance to UBC's medical school and have increased in severity since. So my name is Adam. And my name is Ali. And we'll be your facilitators for this special CBL session. You can submit your WBAs after the tutorial. So there is one and only one ground rule for this special session. Do not say anything that will further stress out the incoming 2024s. <laughs> That's it. You can take notes. You can do whatever you want this time. Um, so we'll start with your normal introduction upon entering the patient's room. So we want to go around and start with your name, what site you're at, and where you're from. I'll start. <laughs> um, hi, everyone, and congratulations for probably the thousandth time on uh, starting your journey in medical school. It's really exciting. Uh, my name's Erin. I am going into my second year at the IMP, and I grew up in Kamloops, BC. Cool. Um, I'll say congrats again for the 1,000th and 1th time. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I'm sure you will get that many more times in the next couple weeks, but it uh, doesn't mean that it's not. Um, true. So my name is Kamel Smith. I'm at the Southern Medical Program in Kelowna and I'm also a second year and then um, I did majority of my life in Prince George I guess. I moved around a bunch so I'm kind of from Prince George, kind of from the Okanagan as well. Awesome I'll go next. Hey guys my name is Taylor Congratulations for the thousandth and second time. Nice. I'm absolutely wild to think that all of us are second years, which is just attributable to how fast this year is going to go for you. So huge congrats. Um, I'm from Vancouver Fraser campus. I grew up in North Van, spent about six years living in the States, but I'm really happy to be home and at UBC. I can go next. Uh, hi, nice to see everyone here and also everyone who's be watching this. Uh, my name is Sahil. I'm also a second year with these uh, fellow classmates. And I'm in the Vancouver Fraser program. I grew up in Mississauga, Ontario. I spent about six years in uh, Montreal where I did my undergrad and graduate studies. And then I came out here to Vancouver. And I'll go last year. My name's Donovan. Um, again, congrats as everyone else has said. I'm from the Northern Medical Program and I grew up in Nelson, BC, which is a small town uh, in the Southeast corner of BC. Um, I went out east at McMaster University for my undergrad and then came back here for medical school. Awesome. Well, welcome uh, all of you. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. We really appreciate you being here and offering your advice and opinions for the incoming class. I know uh, Allie and I were chatting about this, that we would have really benefited from something like this because I was so nervous stepping off the 33 for the first day, um, being like looking for other nervous people, seeing if they were going to be a uh, in the same boat as me. But one thing that we don't actually normally do is introduce ourselves. Um, so I guess we can do that as well. 
Um, my name is Adam. I'm a VFMP student. Um, I grew up in Brantford, Ontario, uh, where Wayne Gretzky's from, fun fact, um, and did my undergrad at Queens, and then I did a master's at UBC before I uh, switched over here. And my name is Ali. I'm also at the Vancouver Fraser Medical Program. Uh, I was born in Pakistan and raised in Port Coquitlam, BC. And I did my undergrad at UBC's business school before starting medical school. There we go. So that's our, our first question to everybody is taking a trip back to the very start of medical school or even, you know, weeks or months leading up to it after you're accepted. What do you remember being most nervous about before starting? And anyone can start. I'll, I'll start. I always found that I had a different answer to this question. Rather than being nervous about like seeing my first patient, I was really nervous about being professional because I really don't think of myself as a very professional person. And in those first two weeks, we just got all this info about how to be professional. And so, yeah, that kind of freaked me out. Like with the nose ring and everything, I'm like, there's no way I'm meeting this, this quota of professionalism. But I realized pretty soon that like you can be professional in your own way. And it's not like this strict kind of, kind of idea that you have to fulfill. It's really just like being respectful, being you know, a good person, all the things that we kind of know how to be. So yeah, as, as the months went on, I realized that I was doing just fine. But it was definitely the most nerve-wracking most stressful thing for me at the beginning yeah i think that mine actually goes alongside yours pretty well i felt really nervous because i thought that i didn't really know what the walk was going to be and i didn't know if i could do a talk or anything along those lines um and in my first cbl like the only like negative comment i got back was i needed to work on my like professional language not like swearing or anything <laughs> talk in a very casual manner mm. and then you really need to like work on using like the lingo and I didn't really know the lingo and so I just felt so like I don't know I was in this world and I was trying to figure out how to do it properly but um like he said like you just got to be a respectful person and like that's kind of the cornerstone of being a professional is just having a good heart and like you're not always going to know what everything is but um that was I, I had it on a little bit of a pedestal that I needed to to, to be doing everything perfectly um and i didn't know how to do that when we first started but it's all okay <laughs> um i think mine kind of started before we started actual school um i think it was joining a facebook group that kind of had all these students but then all that had all the upper years that were just constantly posting things and so without any context really i remember one of the conversations that was happening about um, technology and like what to use like notability or OneNote and all these things and I like I felt so out of the game because like when we were in undergrad we were using like little sticky notes on a PDF file or like the notes function on a on a Excel uh, sorry not Excel on a PowerPoint and so I'm like uh, things have changed so much like everyone has an iPad and everyone is using these like new apps and schools changed so much in the last four years so I was like almost nervous starting school again in this like very undergrad focused like program when you had to like learn and do uh, a lot more note taking so I remember walking in being like am I set up to like start school like am I gonna have to like take so like hand notes or something but yeah I remember that was kind of a thought that went through my mind early on 
I think my biggest fear is, again, kind of even before starting med, I took some time off. I took a gap year. So I ended up being out of school for pretty close to two years between my undergrad and UBC. So frankly, I was pretty nervous of just starting school up again. I Mm -hmm. had gotten used to working and when you're done with work, you shut your brain off and you get to live your life. And so I definitely was a little nervous heading into med because I was like, this is going to be way more intense than my undergrad. And I haven't been a student for close to two years. Um, So that was kind of my big fear. And then my other one, um, I had a really good friend in undergrad that we went through all of our classes together and we really helped each other through Um, and I did my school in the States so coming back up to Canada for medical school I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to find that person that would essentially fill in that individual's role of Mm. helping me get through Um, so those were my biggest fears and for all of you coming in you have a class of 300 people I promise you you will find your person I was lucky to find my very close people pretty early on but do not stress even being online um, there's going to be those people that learn the same as you and study the same as you and have the same kind of headset of how to approach medical school Um, so that stress went away pretty quickly um, first couple weeks in I definitely was in the same boat as Taylor. I had taken two years off between undergrad and starting medical school. And I'd taken the very non-traditional route and I hadn't taken a single science course during undergraduate school, only business courses. So um, as soon as Entrada populated that we had, I don't even know, seven, eight, nine lectures that first day, I was like, wow, this is more lectures than I would have in a week in my undergrad program. (laughs) Um, But I hope that, you know, none of the first years listening to this have been studying this summer. I hope that you guys have been enjoying it and and spending the time recharging and and doing the things you like um, because our curriculum does a really good job of easing you into it. So if you are nervous, if you have been out of school for a couple of years, I think you'll be totally fine. I think it's funny, Sahil, when you're mentioning mentioning the technology and all that, I had no idea that even Apple pencils existed. And then I got to the first lecture and there's just white pencils everywhere. I'm like, what are all these <laughs> fancy little styluses, styli, whatever. And so I was like, oh, I don't, I don't want to spend, you know, $150 on this. Like, it feels like a big purchase. I'll buy one of the knockoff Amazon ones. Doesn't work. I ended up doing that three <laughs> times. And in between using my finger for like embryology notes on my iPad, So yeah, technology was stressful and it just felt like everybody had it together. That was the biggest thing for me is that you come in and yeah, everybody's got their Apple pencil and their stand and they're all looking great and they're taking notes and all attentive. And I'm just sitting here like, do I type? Do I, I don't know what's happening. Um, But you figure it out and it came around and you find out what's best for you. And that, that was kind of the biggest learning that I had in, in throughout first year is just that some things that work for some people don't work for you and other things that work for other people work really well for you. Um, and you can 100%. kind of find find your own path that way. Well, Adam, going off of that, um, I'm going to throw Allie under the bus a little bit here. It was <laughs> For an what? Anatomy, it was an anatomy lecture. And Dr. Vogel, which you guys will meet, says, all right, everyone pull out your technology to draw along with him. And I reach into my backpack and you just hear like the rustling of my paper that I brought (laughs) (laughs) and my like colored pencils. So even if you don't have an iPad first year or stressing about pencils, I went paper and colored pencils all year round um, and got made fun of a little bit that day because my paper was a little bit disruptive. I live off of colored pencils and paper, so I'm with you. They're like the whole of my education. 
It was it was in uh, CBLs that I learned how much I liked whiteboards and just that feeling of like writing on a dry erase board. And then mm-hmm. now looking ahead to somewhat online curriculum, I just bought this whiteboard wallpaper and set it up last night ahead of this and ahead of next week. I'm very excited. So I had a fun time coloring in these letters. I think everyone pretty much summed it up. I'm trying to like even just think back to that time, but I agree with Sawhill. The Facebook page was incredibly overwhelming Mm -hmm. so I think if anyone is like sitting up at night scrolling that Facebook page just like do yourself a favor and take a step back (laughs) like you are getting thrown so much information I have like twiddled through my undergrad with a laptop I like did not even know what an iPad was pretty much so (laughs) don't sweat that technology stuff you're gonna figure it out you're gonna get all these posts about like opportunities and things to do and this and that and other thing and I definitely was like oh my god what have I got myself into and it all kind of does fade into the background eventually and um, I think I will totally re-emphasize what Taylor said Um, you're totally starting a new chapter of your life and you might be thinking about how you're gonna manage like your previous relationships, your friendships, your family, but you want to meet new friends, but you have all these other people in your life and you kind of maybe forget how to make friends because you've been out of school or, you know, whatever it is. And um, they're truly, I think maybe you might have a stereotype in your head about like the type of person who's in medical school. And that was totally shattered for me on like day one. Like there are so many different types of people in um, our class and we're really diverse really unique and you're going to find your person and don't sweat if it doesn't happen on the first day or the first week like those friendships are going to kind of like grow and form all throughout your first year and um, don't sweat that if that's something you're nervous about because that's something I was definitely nervous about yeah just to add to that I find like going in I didn't really know anyone so I think a big thing for first years is like be kind to yourself especially in that first couple weeks of trying to figure out a new a new like schedule and a new kind of environment um everyone's kind of in the same boat but I find that like a lot of that time you feel like well everyone else is doing it so I should be able to do it too and the days are long like Ali said you have seven lectures sometimes a day like take some time for yourself like kind of step away if you need to and um, there's a lot of social things that are going on too, but I, going from maybe right now in quarantine, not having as much social interaction to having a lot of it, especially over Zoom, can be a little bit exhausting. So yeah, take that time for yourself as well. Yeah, I think that's a really important point. I remember it was the yeah, first week for us and granted, yeah, we were in person having orientation events after school and everything, but I'm sure that's going to be similar just with Zoom and all that. And it can be so tiring that I think it was like the Thursday and I was after four eight hour days. And I was just like, I really feel like I need to go to this event, but I just, I'm so tired. And I stayed home and I napped and I had a wonderful time having just a little extra sleep. Um, came back Friday, ready for the rest of the orientation events. It was it ended up being the right call. But at the time, I was feeling so stressed that I was going to miss out on either meeting, mm-hmm. you know, an important connection or making a new friend or something like that, because that was so much of the focus in that first week. But at the end of the day, it ended up happening too, regardless of me deciding to take a nap that day. Yeah, maybe we can talk about what what all of you do kind of in terms of self-care and making sure mm-hmm. that things don't get overwhelming when there are so many things uh, going on in our in our school lives and personal lives. Um, personally, I spend a lot of my time outdoors. Um, and so I guess maybe depending on how this next semester goes, when we went online, 
I built a treehouse. I had most of my um, like flex and end of my semester stuff in a treehouse, just like okay. on this little mountain, a little trail. So as much as I could, I tried to get outdoors or go on like a little hike and then do my notes at the end of like the trail or like something like mm. that. Just mm-hmm. like, cause especially when COVID first hit, it was so crazy. And I just like could not, I needed like extra outdoor time essentially. Um, a little bit more grounded um but even on a smaller scale like when I was in Vancouver there was you know a couple little trails that I could go on or just like being in the park or something like that I found really really grounding um like they said there's a lot of social events and sometimes it can be pretty exhausting um to do them all and you do want to experience stuff so like do have fun but like if you're ever overwhelmed like it's also nice to just maybe go to the beach and have a little picnic or something like that so kind of having those times as well is what I really rely on um, yeah. I think mine is probably threefold and this is the first one I'll emphasize is picking for me like my one thing I don't compromise on is sleep so even starting school I going back actually to your last question Ali and Adam I was really afraid of sleeping like I need my eight hours of sleep I was looking at the schedule and I was like if we're in school from eight to five how am I going to eat and sleep? Like I, where does the studying fit in? And it was, that was really overwhelming to me, but that was just something like on day one, I was like, I'm getting eight hours. I'm calling it quits at 10, like regardless of, you know, what's coming the next day. And so if you're someone coming in who does prioritize their sleep, they're worried about it. Like keep prioritizing your sleep. It's really important for your physical health, your mental health. It's going to make you learn better. Like don't feel that you look at the schedule and you're so overwhelmed that you need to start pulling all-nighters on like day one because that's just Mm -hmm. not, I don't think that's the case and really make sure that's something you're doing to take care of yourself. Um, The other two for me, and I know it's a bit more complex in the times of COVID, but just relationships, like seeing my friends both in and outside of med is really, really important to me. Spending time with my partner, you know, calling my mom, like all of those things um, really keep me well. And the third thing is just good food. So take that time to make yourself a meal, you know, like make sure you're eating breakfast in the morning if you're a breakfast person. Like it's really easy, I think, to get caught up in that like I have so much to do I have so much to do every minute counts every minute counts um but I think some of the really valuable advice I got at the site visit in first semester was from our site director and he said the days you feel like you don't have time to exercise sleep or cook are the days you need to make yourself do those things so when you're Mm -hmm. feeling overwhelmed make sure you kind of know what those self-care things are for you and just pop them in your day because the one or two hours you're going to lose of studying is not worth it. I agree with that. Yeah, I think that's such an important point. I struggled with that, honestly, all throughout first semester spilling into second semester and still sometimes even throughout the summer, I forget that I really struggle with committing to the the time away from work or from studying or whatever it is. Like maybe I'll end up watching Netflix for a little bit or cooking, but the whole time I'm feeling stressed about, well, what time is it and what's going on? And it's, it's taking that time and just really mentally, I think committing to, you know, your, your time off is really valuable. Yeah. I think building off of that, Aaron and Adam, um, for me, the thing that I didn't want to compromise on was my working out. Um, I grew up as an athlete my whole life being a gymnast where I spent, you know, five, six hours a day working out. But when I came into med, I was like, I need to give myself this one hour, um, at least five times a week to like escape my brain from everything. Um, So that was something I didn't want to compromise. And there were a lot of times where, 
you know, I'd finish a day and I'd be like, oh my gosh, I didn't understand any of the lectures today and I need to learn them all. But then I ask myself, you know, what am I going to get more benefit from going home and with my exhausted brain trying to figure this out or taking that hour to reset and work out? Um, and that's what it was for me. And something that I found really valuable, I think it was the beginning of our second semester. So you first years, you're getting a little taste earlier on. Um, but we had a couple second, third and fourth years come in and talk about your threshold of wellness um, and saying how, you know, some individuals in your class are going to need those eight to 10 hours of sleep. Um, some of you may be able to function off five or six. Some people may only need to work out once a week. Some of you may need to work out five. Same goes for spending time with family and friends. Um, but essentially not comparing yourself and what you need to the people around you and what they need. Um, but figuring out, you know, what is your, what do you need for your wellness and um, figuring out what those are and then trying your best not to compromise those because that's what's going to help you get through day in, day out of the long journey of medicine. <laughs> That was really well put. Yeah. <laughs> I'll try. I think that, add, oh, yeah, please. No, no, go ahead. Okay. Thank you. Um, I'll try add a little thing. Yeah. Everyone's saying such amazing things and I'm like, this is really good. I need to use this for a second. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think it was kind of what Adam was saying. Just like when I'm taking a break, I think what I realized is I really need to commit to taking a break and not let the studying keep ruminating because then you're kind of, you're in between two spaces and you're not, neither are you getting work done, but you're also not resting. So it's kind of this commitment of like, okay, I'm working or okay, I'm taking a break. And I found once I could really commit to one or the other, um, I started getting more work done and I started mm -hmm. feeling more rested when I actually took a break. So like, I think that's something to always keep working on. And like, it's not like I've figured it out yet, but I find that that really helps. And I try to keep, keep trying to make that happen. I yeah, for would me. Say, sorry, go ahead. This is gonna happen though the whole call. So you go. This is about you. It's about all of you more than it is about us. Well, it's actually it's the thing that Ali actually had mentioned when we so I have portfolio with Ali, which is the time that in small group as well. Um, and so something that I kind of struggled with at the beginning is was about like ruminating, as Denman was saying. Um, and so something that Ali did was at night write something that went well and something that didn't go so well or what you'd want to do tomorrow. And I started doing that at the beginning. I have not been good about doing it <laughs> since uh, we went uh, online. But um, I found at the beginning of the year, a lot of those like really stressful things that were weighing on my mind, putting them down and then seeing how those things evolved over the weeks, things that I was very preoccupied by, but why was someone else doing this or why was why am I not having time for this ended up not being as significant as the time went on, but going back and seeing that those things from a different perspective and how I could adapt and use them a little bit differently helped me in my like self-care routine. And just to kind of reiterate what everyone else said, yeah, like finding time to cook for yourself, um, finding time to like do things that aren't school. Um, I was very lucky that I lived with my partner and he did a lot of the cooking and the cleaning and it's nice when exams hit and like, I don't want to do laundry and there's someone else that's like kind of taking care of you, whether it's a parent, whether it's a partner, whether it's a roommate, that's really nice. Um, just someone else kind of around you breaks up that monotony of you kind of being in your head the entire day. So yeah, I would say um, a couple of those routines and also just kind of holding on to things that I had preschool. Like I was, 
volunteering and I kind of kept that going. I was doing some part-time work and I kind of kept that going because it felt like it was my pre-medicine life that I didn't really have to give up everything. It was just kind of finding time to fit that in amongst everything else. Yeah, I think that, you know, the day before medical school, I was all up in my head thinking, well, you know, tomorrow's the day my like normal life ends and then this... (laughs) this new life begins and goodbye to like old friends and old activities. And, and I, I absolutely don't think that that is true. And obviously, you know, the first couple of weeks you're trying to get your bearings and, and, and participate in all the events and go to lectures and just figure out a system to keep organized. And so you might not have time for every single thing you did before, but you know, once you actually get into the rhythm and understand, you know, how lectures work and, and obviously with online, how you can basically self-schedule your entire life now, um, you can start to make time for those things and reintroduce some of those things as the weeks go on. Um, the quote, you know, comparison is the thief of joy absolutely rings true in medical school. Um, there are 300 people, all different backgrounds, all different interests, different capabilities, different levels of sleep requirement and exercise requirements. So, you know, you just have to be your own person. And so if you're tired one day, sleep early. And if you, you know, feel like studying late one night, then, then do that. But, you know, all the things that all of us have mentioned here are very, very important. And it's all about just making a list, a priority list that rings true to you and not to anyone else. So if it's sleep at the top, go for sleep and then go for exercise, then go for eating and then go for studying because um, being able to do those things is what's going to keep you kind of motivated to, to persist through kind of all of the, the ebbs and flows of medical school. Yeah. I think that's so important to mention because a lot of these things I find too, it's so much, it's easier said than done, right? And don't compare yourself to other people. They all have different backgrounds, but then you're sitting there in class and this person shadowed for the last like four hours. And then this person, you know, has done all of these athletic things. And I'm sitting here, like I made pasta and watched the office for four hours last <laughs> night. But, um, I, so in that moment you can't help but compare, but I think it's a matter of exactly that, taking that time to, um, try to ground yourself where you can and recognizing that that is, uh, pretty normal thing. Um, like we said, our, our patient presented with imposter syndrome, but the thing that's funny about imposter syndrome in medical school, at least for me, is that almost everyone I've talked to felt like an imposter. So it's almost mm-hmm. a unifying thing at the same time. And I think just to tack, kind of going off topic here, but kind of dealing with that, those feelings of imposter syndrome, like half jokingly, half actually, like when I got, you know, the, in May, you know, our acceptance, I literally just felt like I was like, this was an administrative error. Like Aaron (laughs) is a super generic name. They're going to just get right back to me and be like, wrong one. Like, sorry about that. So, and in those first few weeks of school, and I'm going to bring Adam into my story here, you're kind of going through like that small talk of like, you know, like, where are you from? What did you do your undergrad in? Like, what have you been doing? And you don't really get to know the person right away. Right. So I remember like, you know, my first, um, it was actually my first like fake CBL. If you guys kind of remember that first week, just on what to expect. And Adam was in my group and, you know, he had done his master's and did cancer research. And I was just like, <laughs> guy has his life together like I am so out of my league right now and you know I'm just saying and then someone had a PhD in my group and I was like I literally don't know what's going on this is 
fire is like burning around me. And then like, just right here, you know, Adam's saying like, I was so nervous my first few days. Like, I still don't even know what's going on. So you might get that first sentence on someone that tells like a little blip about their life, but that doesn't mean they're breezing their way through or finding that everything's easy. So kind of, you're right, like comparison, thief of all joy, thief of all happiness. Like you don't know how people are feeling and you're here for a reason. So if you got that acceptance in, you know, May or whenever it was, it was not a mistake. It's because they think you're going to be a wonderful physician. And when you're having those feelings of doubt, just go back to that. Like thousands of people applied to this program and you got picked. So don't second guess that. I think it's so funny that you, you bring that up too. So of course I remember that CBL session we were chatting afterwards about, I don't know, volleyball and stuff like that. And it's funny the things that bring you out of that, this person's another medical student and all very interesting and important and I'm just like thinking about all of your background and everything and then you go and sit down there's a silly little thing that happens of I don't know if you remember Aaron but we were sitting together in lecture and somebody knocked over your tea and it's still <laughs> all over like all of our notes all of our clothing we're sitting there in like sweet hot tea for yeah. the rest of the afternoon but then there there's your thing that kind of forces you to talk with about another person with uh, sorry with that other person about anything and silly little things you bond yeah. and then you realize that you're in the same boat totally. and you're both covered in tea. Yeah. Shout out to Alex Friedman for scoring. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did I knock over your tea? Yeah. <laughs> yes. So now like, you know, in March, things changed very drastically in terms of what all of our lives look like and especially what our school looked like. I still remember being in the gallery. It was like Friday, March, maybe 11th or 13th or something like that crowded absolutely crowded oh, yeah. around the table i can't even imagine doing that right now uh, and getting an email from someone at ubc saying oh it's time for you guys to head off campus and go home <laughs> and um so what i'm most curious about is and obviously the 2024s are going to be going through this now is what was that transition like and you know what were things that were challenging moving to a completely online program and you know looking back are there things you would have wanted to do differently or things that you figured out now that going into second year, you're confident that, you know, online learning is going to be okay. I think for me, for the most part, um, I think going forward is going to be better than it was because I'll be planning for it instead of it being like the rug sweeped out from underneath me. Um, so that'll be nice. When it first happened, I was watching most. So at the Southern Medical Program, we watch most of our lectures like through a video screen anyway, just like in a lecture hall. So it wasn't that horrible to have to watch it on my laptop instead. Like that wasn't a really big problem. I think it was difficult to not have to be able to go to the like RHS, which is where we watch our lectures and be with the class and kind of have your day and like routine. Um, I think I probably kept up a decent routine for like two to three weeks. Um, and then it slowly turned into a bit more of a flexible thing where I spent more and more times in the woods. Uh, and I, I kept on top of it, but it, it wasn't, it was, there's gonna be some changes made uh, <laughs> as we move into this coming semester. But I think that as long as you can get like a routine going, like I ended up towards the end getting a pretty solid setup where I make myself wake up at a specific time, and I do my lectures and I kind of had a flow. Um, and that really helped me keep on top of things. But in between stuff, I would still like, just instead of going into the woods and making it kind of a fluffy thing, I'd be like, I'm gonna do this. And then at 11, I will go and I'll let myself do a hike or something. Mm. So it was a nice way of filling my day with in between slots of like rock climbing or something. 
So I scheduled in the fun instead of just like letting it happen and take over my schedule. So try not to let the flexibility of online classes, you know, mean that you just get to have too much fun because there's a lot of work to be done still too. Um, but yeah, I think that the difficulty is more so going to be in the in-person stuff where I did, I did feel like I missed out, like I didn't learn as well with a lot of more of like the anatomy and clinical skills and that kind of stuff. Um, thankfully, my family's pretty um, relaxed and lets me practice on them. <laughs> <laughs> you can find someone to like whip out a stethoscope and do some stuff with, like that sounds great for your clinical skills. Um, but yeah, that, that, was a, that was the more difficult part for me to, to get through. Does that answer? I don't know. <laughs> oh, that's great. No, it does. I think everyone's experience is going to be different, right? Mm -hmm. So. I think for for me, having a schedule was huge. Um, you know, not waking up at 9 a.m. and taking a couple hours to get my day started, but trying to keep my schedule as similar as possible. Um, one big thing that was actually a positive for me is that I live in North Van and have been doing the commute out to UBC all year, um, you know, which is about an hour there, an hour back. So um, I actually found for any of you 2024s that are coming in and, you know, maybe are living at home or commuting um, or we're planning on commuting, um, you know, having those extra hours in the day was was huge. I got to tag those on to my sleep mostly, which was wonderful, um, but also having accountability buddies. So I think, you know, a couple of my friends without us even realizing it, you know, we would text each other, message each other saying like, hey, what lectures did you watch today? Or this is what I did today. And that kind of helped me like stay on top of it. So even if I wasn't watching at the lecture, the lectures at the exact time that they would have been in person, um, you know, by the end of the day, I kind of had those people that I turned to being like, okay, like, this is what I did today. Um, and if I didn't do it, because life happens, um, I knew I kind of okay, had to tackle this onto tomorrow's work. Um, so that was a really helpful thing that I kind of got in the habit with and definitely will try and keep doing um, going into year two online. Yeah, I think I would definitely have to agree with that. I think starting, kind of going from that, having that sort of structured day of knowing that we have to be at CBL for 8 a.m. and then be in lecture for a certain amount of hours before you go home. It was weird when like home became the office, the school, the everything else. And um, we still had our 8 a.m. CBLs, but then when 10 o'clock came around, it just felt like you were of like let free and you were mm -hmm. and so I found that I um would wander and do other things and it was kind of the same time where like there was a lot going on in the news and you wanted to like be reading up about other things and you there was just things you didn't want to miss and so those became priorities over doing school for me and it became really hard to then go back and catch up and then lectures became an 8, 8 p.m thing and so school never really finished and it just became this thing that like constantly was weaved throughout the day um, so I think definitely going in, having some sort of schedule, which I think now they're trying to actually integrate so that there's a little bit more uh, rigidity in your, in your day, even though it's meant to be flexible, that you really do try and hit all those lectures in, um, kind of in a, in a big sitting, and then you move on to prepare for CDL or clinical skills or anything like that. Um, I think also at the beginning, having a space in this in, in your apartment or your house where you actually do work was difficult. For me, we had two people that were always on video calls. And so mm -hmm. someone was always talking over someone else and you would hear this person in the background. Um, so then now we've actually had a desk set up in another 
space of the house and um for me as well I was working on the kitchen table and now we're gonna like actually be in, be in designated areas so um kind of going in now with the mentality of um yes school starting again but yeah I, I know what to expect now it's not so much of a um rug being pulled under you and um I think it definitely will be better going forward. Hopefully he starts moving again. There he is. <laughs> just to echo uh, what everyone's saying, I'll just add a quick piece. But yeah, this scheduling was like by far the hardest and most important thing I found. And I found specifically that when things went online, I like, you know, the lectures are like dense and confusing and whatever, but you don't need to know everything. But once things went online, I was like trying to know everything basically and just got mm -hmm. down like crazy rabbit holes, you know, and I just realized really quickly, like, this is not sustainable. I need to like, if the lecture is an hour, I need to only give it an hour and then move on to the next one. So for like the first years coming in, like, don't make a lecture become five hours, like keep it what it is. That's all you really need to put on it and then just move on. Like that really helped me. And then I got back on track. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's great advice because I know that obviously when you have the power to play, pause, rewind, yeah. you know, fast forward areas and then go back again, you can definitely spend easily two hours on, on a dense lecture totally. um, where, you know, the value of spending that extra hour may not actually be worth it. So I think that's a great piece of advice. I found that, and then when I would do that, I would get time stressed afterwards too. Of now, now I'm an hour behind, and then I've got this yeah. other lecture and this lecture starting, and then you see a friend that's messaging, being like, "Oh, that lecture that we just watched in that allotted time was so cool," and I'm like, "I don't understand," and now I need to go back, and then it's 11 p.m., and then you're into a very big spiral. Spiral. Yeah, <laughs> I think just like quick to you, like in the non-curricular side of things, another thing that I had with when COVID started was there's a lot of opportunities um, outside of classes and stuff like that, that were mm -hmm. getting involved in this and get involved in this. There's the COVID task force, all these other things. And we started an initiative in Kelowna and I joined initiatives in Vancouver and everything seemed very important, um, which it was. Um, but there's going to be a lot of opportunities, both just within medicine, so clubs and initiatives and whatever and now there's a lot more and everything's going to sound very exciting um and just know that like it's okay not to do it all <laughs> um <laughs> and just when you are signing up for them like be realistic in what like is going to be not only that you're capable of but that you're capable of and also enjoy your like other side of life as well too um i definitely signed up for too much when covid started and like, i'm very happy with what i got, like did over the summer and everything but um you'll get to do cool things, but you don't have to do all the cool things. So. Yeah. There's always time to, you know, continuously add stuff to your schedule, but it's always harder if you commit to something at the start of medical school and then you kind of have to see it through the entire year in, in some cases. So yeah, I think that that's great. And, um, I was pretty selective over the things I got involved with. And honestly, at the very start, I didn't get involved in very much because I knew that, you know, I wanted to settle down and, and figure out, how all of this worked and how much free time I was going to have. And then I was able to find the podcast and I loved it and I really enjoyed it. So don't be in a rush to, you know, sign up for everything whenever they do a virtual clubs day, um, figure out what you're interested in and you're going to figure that out through classes and talking to people and listening to professors and, you know, going to events or virtual events um, and then start to select, Oh, I really like this. So I'm going to explore that instead of kind of spreading yourself too thin at the very start. 
I think something that it took me a long time to realize um, from first year is that reaching out to people that are already involved in things, reaching out to profs, reaching out to current physicians, they're often willing to ha- sit down and have a chat with you about what they do or what the club's actually about. And so you can take the time to kind of put in that research. And I just felt so nervous to send that email to someone that was already established or even about this podcast, had a call with somebody that's running it. And I'm like prepping for the interview or everything, but it's just, it's just a chat to see, you know, how, how does this work? Is that something that I might enjoy? And do I want to be a part of that? And I think kind of getting rid of that little bit of nervousness, it would be very beneficial to be able to just send those emails or have those chats and see, uh, see where they kind of go. But um, one other thing we were, we were kind of really curious to talk about is um, just thinking of back to first year where you kind of mentioned this a lot, um, but there, there are a lot of challenges um, that kind of come up as you go through the year and, and hurdles that are some are for everyone and some are individual. And I'm curious if there's anything for any of you that came up that you really look back on and say, you know, that was challenging at the time, but I kind of figured out a way to get through it. And now I'm on the other side looking to second year and I know I can avoid that. Is there anything that comes up like that? Um, I think for me, um, personally, I think I was a bit naive coming into medicine. <laughs> so um, with my degree in biochemistry, which I did before, it was very cold and sterile. And so whenever I had like things in my own personal life, it was really easy for me to just like distract myself with studying. Um, but medicine is inherently personal. And so you're probably at some point, there's, you're going to learn about a disease or a patient presentation or something, and it's gonna relate to you in some way or someone you know or something like that. And they're not always happy memories. Um, And so I think that that was something that I didn't actually think about when I decided to go towards medicine. And it's not bad, but sometimes it is hard when you have your week and it's so in depth onto something that you might have a personal connection with. And then you're learning about it in a small group or something or you know, you don't necessarily want to get super personal with people you don't know yet or something like that. And so I think for me, that was a challenge, mostly because I wasn't expecting it. Um, and then I think moving forward, like I got more comfortable with my classmates. and It became less of a surprise when there was something that was a topic or something like that. And I was a little bit more prepared to address it in an academic setting. Um, so that was something that I wasn't really expecting, but it was like a bit of a challenge when I first began with medicine. Uh, no so challenges? Add on to that. <laughs> no, that's that's really easy. That. Easy no breezy. So easy. <laughs> or they could just wing uh, it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I felt like there were certain times when you would hear something that was told from like a medical perspective in a way that was a little bit triggering. And I found that sometimes sitting in a lecture isn't really the easiest place to like put your hand up and say, hey, like, what about this perspective or what about like this population that you're kind of not really representing in the best light. And it's tough because like for you, this is like the most important thing, or maybe it's something that you like really value and hearing it in a way that's so depersonalized is tough. And, um, but we also have some really great lectures in that same week that really go into those social determinants or really go into that like perspective of, um, from a marginalized lens it's and that intersectional lens and it 
it's a lot, it's very validating to hear those things, but it's really tough in those moments when you feel like this is what I'm being taught. Like, is it, is it, is this what I want to be, um, then like teaching to other people or really practicing and it's tough because some other people may not have that exposure before and so the first time they're hearing it is in this lens and in this way that might be a little bit more stigmatizing so I found those moments kind of tough week after week being in these like um, kind of situations where you don't know what to say but you almost have this like cognitive dissonance being like I know I'm being taught this and I have to kind of retain this but it isn't maybe the best way to learn it um, and so as like things have kind of improved and there's always ways to give feedback I always took that time to really say like this is what I found tough at the end of the week and like maybe we can address this next year there's always people listening and kind of seeing how they can improve and maybe that doesn't go right back to the lecture themselves so maybe it goes to the weekly and they can kind of integrate things so yeah there was definitely some of those moments I definitely agree with that too that was something I really struggled with in the first semester um, and I think that it, like for me personally, like one of the best ways I could deal with it was just like having a little sense of community within that I like was able to go back to and talk to people who were like in a little similar mindset. Um, yeah. So like when I was in first semester, like I lived in a house with other indigenous students. And so it was really, really great when we were able to like have a lecture or something to go back home and debrief about things, um, where maybe something was said or something was presented or something was just upsetting. So um, being able to find your community, whatever that is, with people that you can talk to is really, really, really good for me. And I hope everyone else too who also had that. Yeah, I think for me, they were kind of, I mean, on both sides of the med school and then life spectrum. Um, med school wise, the study strategy that I came in with did not work for medical school. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was a huge like academic challenge. I was so used to handwriting notes and so used to, you know, having the time to learn everything that was said in a lecture. Um, and as was brought up earlier, there's no way that you can do that in medical school. Um, so that was definitely like an academic challenge of figuring out, okay, what study method works for me and how am I going to fit that into my everyday life? Um, which to this day, honestly, I think even going into year two, I'm going to have a different study strategy. I probably changed it three to four times throughout the year and probably will change it another three to four more times throughout second year because different points of life, you're going to have different amounts of time to dedicate towards school. Um, but then kind of on the other side of things, um, life doesn't stop when you're in medical school. Um, and I had some personal stuff that happened. I had a friend pass first year and, you know, to have to deal with life outside of med and still have to keep up with the rigorousness of medical school, um, it was tough. Um, but I think, you know, having the mentality and what I tried to think throughout the year being, if I don't learn this, it's okay. I have the rest of my life to learn this. I need to learn 60% of the content to pass um, and then I'll have the rest of my life to figure out everything else. Um, so I think just keeping in mind that as you go through med school, life's not going to stop. And if you do need to take those periods of time to focus more on you than focus on med, that that's okay. Um, because the UBC medical program is phenomenal at how it sets up its program and how it evaluates us students to recognize that we're not meant to burn out by the end of the four years. We have the time and flexibility and ability to, to live life and be a medical student. 
can totally resonate with the changing study tactics. I also must have changed three or four times from handwriting notes to typing notes to making flashcards and how I would review them. It's um, you have to be dynamic because, you know, if you studied one way in undergrad and that doesn't work, that's totally fine. And you'll be able to catch up. You'll have the time. Um, I guess in addition to, to that, the biggest challenge for me was really just being honest with myself all the time in terms of what I was capable of, um, in terms of the long hours and again, study strategies too. And, you know, a lot of people would group study and they would say, Oh, do you want to come to a CBL room and do this? And, and honestly, for me, like I, I really enjoy studying by myself. And so, you know, it's hard to, to be there and say, okay, I'm, I want to say no to this because it's not as good for my studying, but I want to say yes, because it's good for like my social life and, and, you know, meeting people and getting to know them better. But also in terms of the content with the spiral curriculum, we are on a new topic every single week and I'm not going to be absolutely in love with every single topic every week. And that's okay. And some people might love absolutely everything and they are going to be great family physicians. <laughs> but if there's a week and, and it just doesn't, you know, it's not something that's very interesting to me. And, and maybe because of that, it's, it feels more difficult. I had to really be honest and just be like, okay, that's okay. We're going to go to a new topic next week. Hopefully I'll like that one more and I'll find the things I like within each topic and not force myself to, to fall in love with every single topic that we cover in medicine because the spectrum is just too wide to like every little thing. Something I'm finding interesting and it's kind of a unifying thread throughout all of your answers to challenges and things like that is that school medical school especially is, is very individual and you find your own kind of pathway through it but at the same time one of the most important things is the community that is kind of just a part of medical school at the exact same time there's so many individuals with different backgrounds and different experiences and everything that's going on and at, sometimes that can be a imposter syndrome stress but that can also be something that's really kind of exciting and, and fun to learn from each other and even sitting here in our pre-CBL, CBL, I'm learning things. And it's pretty remarkable to have people that are surrounded, surround you all the time that can provide those perspectives. And I think that's something that's really valuable for me to recognize that even though you have to find what my own study schedule is and how much Apple pencils cost, you still have people that you can rely on and can help you to kind of get through it. You're not, you're not on your own. Mm -hmm. And I think to really resonate Adam's point, um, you are going to experience challenges. You know, no one, this is not going to be a walk in the park for anyone in your class. So ex expect them to come, but also recognize that you're not the only one who might be having a tough time. Mm -hmm. You're not the only one who might cry after the first day of school. And that is okay. Um, and just, you know, in medical school, like I think Tanella said and Taylor, it's, it's life. Like you're going to have these ebbs and these flows. You're going to have these moments where you're just loving it and just want to like study forever. And then like Ali said, you're going to have these weeks where you're like, I don't even know what a kidney is and I, I don't really care to learn. So just, just appreciate that, you know, you're going to have some great times. You're going to have some tough times. And when you have those tough times, take a step back and think one, what are those things that I love to do that we had all talked about, you know, earlier in this podcast, do I need to go to bed tonight? Do I need to watch an episode of, you know, the Mindy project? Do I need to go have a burger or see a friend? And I think the other thing that I would en encourage the 2024 is coming in to think about that I was really hesitant at first is 
you don't have to suffer alone. You know, if you're having a crap day, you might feel a little bit nervous. You know, you've just maybe met this person the last few weeks. Nothing bonds people like shared misery. <laughs> you know, it's something I kind of learned. And you know, when I was having a bit of you know, a tough week, and I, I have a, a you know a couple pals in my class, and I'll be honest, I, I just had a, a good cry with this person that I consider a close friend, but had never like you know really showed that side of me yet. And I cannot believe how much better I felt, how reassuring. Um, you know, and comforting uh, her words were to me. And just like, she was being like, Aaron, like, you're not the only person feeling this way. Like, are you crazy? Like, you think you're the only one who got like two out of 10 on that Entrada quiz? And, like, <laughs> you know, like, so if you're having one of those moments and you, you think there might be a classmate that you feel comfortable sharing with, like, know that if you're having that tough day today, they might've had that tough day yesterday. And I think it's easy to feel that you're the only one having a hard time. And I think that was a challenge for me. Like I was like, you know, people know what's going on. Everyone like knew what to expect in medical school. I'm just like bumbling along with no idea what's going on. And um, I have since learned that it's truly not the case. Like we all have our own challenges and um, that community like Tanel mentioned is, is really important and, and seek that support. Mm -hmm. I'll add, a, I'll add a quick challenge. Um, just quickly here, I, one thing, it's not the most challenging thing perhaps, but it just comes to mind. Um, you know, how each week is different, how, um, how Ali was saying, I almost felt like each week, like really pulled to be like, oh, I want to be this specialist. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then the next mm -hmm. week, like maybe this specialist. And that got really exhausting. And it's like, that's not the point of each mm -hmm. week. Like just learn it, you know, like you enjoy it, you don't enjoy it just try to absorb it and and kind of go to the next week rather than deciding your life path every mm -hmm. every new week um i think i finally figured that out that i'm just gonna learn and not worry about mm -hmm. the specialty but yeah that was a challenging thing because it just felt like it was always changing so much energy thinking about the future rather than just like learning the material so that's something to keep in mind i think i think that's such a good point i've been nine different specialists at this point in my head so um we'll see what we actually end up doing but does <laughs> it come <laughs> yeah um that's great thanks thanks for sharing that everybody I, I think that's some really valuable stuff for for even 2023s 2022s it doesn't have to be specific to 2024s and i think that's going to be um great for everybody and i think one other thing it's it's maybe a little bit specific to some of you but um we're kind of curious and i know a number of people coming in too are going to have to be moving to new places um, moving away from home and going to maybe a site maybe that's moving from home and going to vancouver um I know with some of you with that experience could be a good kind of time to maybe talk about that or some of your experiences with that. Throwing it out into the ether, but seeing who wants to jump on it. I moved to Vancouver, which is because I'm at Southern Medical, uh, Southern, Med Southern Medical Program, and I'm going to start in Vancouver for that first semester. Um, and Prince George was the biggest city that I lived in before Vancouver. So I was like, because like it's a city, but like it's not a Vancouver. <laughs> really nervous for anyone who's smaller town. Like I was born up in Dawson Creek and I lived in some other like northern small towns. And then the town I lived in the States was like 600 people. And so I was like super nervous to live in Vancouver. Um, so anyone who's smaller town, like it's, I, if you're scared, I was there. I was like, probably, I think some of my fear of starting medical school was just like, completely overshadowed by being in a big city. 
Um, yeah, so that was a huge thing for me. But I will say that living in Vancouver, if like, you know, you're moving there or if you're moving to a different site you don't know and it's still a bigger city, embrace it. Like I ended up having a great time in Vancouver. I loved it. Like, I don't know if I could live there for longer than four months um, unless I was told to. But, um, <laughs> but like, I don't know, like I just went there and I was like, okay, this is going to be my experience and make the most of it. And that was kind of my approach to it. And everyone was amazing and they were so nice and I got to do all these great experiences. And I think that there was just like a period where I decided to like stop the fear and just like have as much fun of it as I could. Um, and I'm really, really thankful that I did that because it ended up being great. Um, the city was much more manageable than I had built it up in my head. I thought it was going to be so much more anxiety inducing, but it was okay. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, so for me, it was a really big step and I'm excited to be back in Kelowna. Um, so that, that was a great little move for me. All my family's in the Okanagan. So, um, that, that was really nice to be close to family. So if anyone's excited about that, it's really, really great to have your support network around you. Um, especially during when you have these online classes and you can maybe spend a little bit more time at home mm -hmm. and lectures, you can have like tea or something with your family or go for breakfast or something like that. So, um, it's been really great on both sides for both being close to family and then also experiencing a big city. So was fun. I think that that family piece is a really important piece and that's something especially with being online that some are going to have a little bit more family time than before and, and I think others might be in a situation where maybe a little bit less than they might be used to and and so even for me personally my family my partner is all in Ontario um, and so that was something that in first year was kind of nice I could always plan like you know if things got too stressful you can book a flight you can go for a weekend you can take a personal day that was all fine. Um, but with the landscape of the world right now, that's a little bit less of an option. And so starting to kind of plan for that ahead and trying to teach uh, parents and grandparents how to use Zoom is uh, something that is important for the upcoming year. So um, I think exactly that kind of knowing what's coming and knowing what circle back to what we've said probably seven times now at this point, but knowing what you need and, and how you can kind of navigate that despite being in maybe somewhat of an unfamiliar spot. I think for me, I was fortunate enough to move to Vancouver for starting school and being at the Vancouver Fraser program didn't have to move after December. But I think the weirdest part for me was stepping foot onto UBC campus because I feel like a new campus in general is a really daunting experience. So we only had to be in one building, but there was other things that were always going around around campus and just still trying to navigate campus now is very difficult for me, having never been to UBC before besides the interview. So um, I think there's always new things to discover like in the city that you're in, whether it's somewhere that you're maybe familiar with or, or there's a new place you're moving to maybe temporarily or for, for the four years. So I think definitely embrace where you are and learn about like the land that you're on, learn about the people that are there, learn about who kind of built the area that you're living in. And I think appreciate that and give back to that community as well. Mm. Awkward pause, number four. <laughs> so it's like, I, no, you go, Adam. No, you go. That's not what we're here for. <laughs> um, just for any 2024s who might be coming to the island, um, I just think you guys won the lottery. You're at the best site. No, I mean, no, they're all great. But um, 
Victoria is awesome. If you're a West Coaster, you know why you came there. And if you've never been, you're never going to leave. So <laughs> I know that what's challenging about this is all the kind of like the things I want to talk about are more like in-person based. And I know that might not be your experience at the start. However, um, I don't think this is going to be forever. There's going to be a day where you sit in the lecture hall by your classmates, I really hope. Um, but in the meantime, um, explore like your new city. Victoria is beautiful. The island is amazing. We have just like no shortage of like great coffee shops, great restaurants, amazing places to run, bike. Um, you know, we have like a run club and a bike club at the IMP. Like there, there's going to be ways to kind of connect and get to know your classmates and um, moving. There's no denying it's, it can be stressful. You know, you're in a new, new space, a new city. Um, but I think it was Sahil who kind of mentioned it earlier. It's especially being in this online environment, like it's really worth it to try and make like your new space feel like home. So like get that $200 office chair or, you know, get those plants, like make sure you're like really enjoying your new space. I think it's going to make, you know, you're studying better. It's going to make you more comfortable and um, make sure you like, you know, you're getting outside and enjoying, you know, what we can, what you can in the kind of crazy times we're living in. I think we've all pitched our sites, but Donovan, you gotta, you gotta send the... <laughs> I'm going to bring us home, NMP. <laughs> no, no, there's no pressure because it's a great site, so there's no pressure. But, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, what can I say? Um, I think like I was super keen to study like in the north and rural and stuff, but I did hear, you know, like slightly negative reputations about Prince George. So just for anyone coming, like those are totally from people who don't live there. And after having lived there, it's absolutely a beautiful place. And I think it's really what you, what you make it. Um, and you're gonna have, now that everyone's coming up like the 2024s in September, we're gonna have like 60 students and although there's COVID and we can't all hang out like we normally could, we're gonna be able to, I think, really make a community and it's gonna be, it's gonna be really cool and really special. So for anyone a little nervous about that, don't worry, we're gonna have a blast. It's an awesome site. And can I actually quickly say one more thing that I- No, 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 we're cutting you off. She's hit the quota. Everybody had their time. But I hope this might bring comfort to, you know, anyone coming in because I know, you know, you rank your sites and I think, you know, the majority maybe get their first choice, but maybe not everyone. So if you're maybe someone who is feeling a bit apprehensive about where they're they're going in September, I hope you take some solace in the fact that anywhere you go, is truly going to be amazing. Like, you know, I wanted to go on the island and I, I'm very excited and happy to be in Victoria, but I can genuinely say I would have been thrilled to be in Prince George. I would have loved Vancouver and I would have had a blast in Kelowna. Like th the city is part of it, but no matter where you go, you are gonna have like some kick butt classmates. And it's really the people that are gonna, you know, make these four years amazing. And like, I can say it without, hesitation no matter where you are all starting on august 24th even if maybe you want to be in vancouver and you're somewhere else or whatever the situation is it is going to be awesome it's okay to have you know th those feelings of nervousness or hesitation but like it, it's not a mistake it's not going to be bad like you're truly going to have a great time they are all phenomenal sites they all have awesome things about them you're going to be okay I'm going to hire Aaron as my life coach yeah. next year. <laughs> no kidding. Hyping us up. Does anyone else have anything to add? I feel 
feel like I can't really follow that. I'll just <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's our show. Just going to end the recording. And... <laughs> yeah, but we don't also don't want to, you know, go over time too much. Yeah. But we want to give you, you know, a last opportunity to say what you want to the 2024s, a last piece of advice, a congratulations, whatever it is. Um, so this is the time for that. Yeah, I think for just you guys coming in, the number one thing is don't be afraid to ask questions and don't be afraid to ask questions to people you don't even know. Um, you know, there's seven of us on the call right now and we have maybe never met you before, but you know that we just walked in your shoes. So whether it's about what restaurant to go to in the town that you're in or what are some study tips or how to manage life in med school, um, don't be afraid to ask because everyone in medical school is hopefully going into a career that they love. And when you're in that position, you love to help people um, grow in that career as well. So um, number one thing, just don't be afraid to ask questions because we want to answer them. I definitely think too, like to the SMP incoming, it makes it easier because I'm in person. If you ever have any questions, like don't hesitate to reach out. But like for anyone who can find me on Facebook or my email or anything like that, like I'm more than happy to, I don't know, chat if it's just a chat. If I can answer a question, I'll answer a question. <laughs> yeah, so I think you'll find it's pretty easy to find people. There's going to be people everywhere whether it's another student or a preceptor, they're really ready to help you out or answer a question or just listen to what you have to say. Um, so don't be afraid. I guess what I would say is to be curious about everything you're learning and kind of dig a little bit deeper if you think that you find things to be kind of motivating for you that, that you want to learn more. Um, I think kind of going into medical school, some people have an idea of what they want to do and um, kind of uh, will focus on those things. But I think it's almost like half of students that come in will end up changing their mind by the time they apply to residency. So find like find the curiosity in everything you're learning. There's going to be a lot every week changes and it's going to be different. But kind of keep that curiosity going throughout your years and really find people maybe that are in those fields that can be mentors and or even other students in their upper years that have similar experiences that want to um, talk about that. I don't know if I'm freezing right now. My, <laughs> I see myself freezing, but um, yeah, I would say tech, like definitely go in with an open mind and um, find people that um, maybe challenge you, but also um, you can be really great pals in medical school. Awkward pause number five. There it is. <laughs> Had to round it out. Um, awesome, Ali. Do you want to uh, do you want to summarize the case for the for the group? I don't want to summarize the case. I haven't summarized the case. Otherwise, I'm going to make you read the case objectives. So I think we've. Uh, instill hopefully a little bit of comfort hopefully dispelled a little bit of stress and hopefully you're feeling ready and excited for uh day uh day one and ready to kind of take on it as it comes and find that community and find your path through it and like everyone said we're all kind of we're all here for you and yeah i'm we're all the same boat of if you can find us on whatever technology thing that works because i don't really know how to use it um do your best try and we're always there to answer questions um, and we also just focus on the first day. Don't even worry about, yeah. you know, second year, third year, fourth year residency. Just focus on day one, having a good time, meeting people as best as you can virtually um, and doing things that you love. 
I think that's a that's a great place to to go through. We also demonstrated uh, behavior in a professional environment or whatever that one that is that it's in every single CVL. But look at us go. Um, I want to say thank all- you to all of you, yeah, for joining us um, on such short notice. Yeah, uh, on one of your last Fridays of vacation, we really really appreciate it and hope that everyone who listens to this will find it uh, just as helpful as I have. I've definitely found some great advice on this from all of you as well. Yeah, thanks so much for joining us, everybody. Thank you. Thanks, guys. guys. All right. We will see you all in uh, T minus 10 days. 10 days. That's when it's happening. All right. So from everyone at uh, Metamorphosis, which is myself and Adam today, but there is a team that helps us out with all of this. Thank you. And thank you to the 2024s. Congratulations and best of luck in your first year. This episode was recorded, produced, and uh, will be edited with 100% adherence to social distancing guidelines. As you might be able to see if you're watching this on YouTube, like we're hoping to post it on. And on that note, if you want to check out more episodes of our podcast, uh, you can find them wherever you get your podcasts. Um, Metamorphosis, M-E-D, like I've so artfully drawn right here. Um, And you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, all the socials. Um, So give us a follow. Shameless plug. Absolutely shameless. All right, everybody, stay safe, wash your hands, and we will see you soon. Take care. Thanks, guys. Bye, everybody. Bye, guys. This has been a presentation of the UBC Medicine Learning Network. 